The Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted same game parties to live in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGP and NFL Playoff Challenge. $500 in cash and prizes up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome everybody to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, uh, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, uh, the 12th of January. Um, we have a full um, slate of Premier League action going from tomorrow night, Friday the 13th, through to Sunday tea time. We've had a game that just finished round about seven or eight minutes ago. And as usual, my co-host to guide us through after a momentous week um, is Mr. Barry Penaluna. Baza, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Very okay. Not much, not, <laughs> not much to add there. Well, you know, I'm just, we're just, just starting, aren't we? I'm waiting for you to get into the, into the real stuff. You just asked how I was doing, and I'm doing very good, thank you. And uh, but normally you've got it. You, that's normally you for a good six or seven minutes when I ask I'm you how you're good. doing. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've had a good night tonight. Um, Tipped up Fulham, didn't I? On the old uh, Twitter. Well, did you know, Barry? Or, or did well, you? Did you tip up Fulham, or did you? Once you love getting paid out at a fraction of the odds if a winner, don't you? Is it your favourite thing, Baz? Sure, Taking yeah. even money about the four to one shot. You fucking love it. I, I tell money. you what, save that forty quid. And I'll have a ten. Just give us a tenner. Tenner's fine. It's fine. Honestly, Mal, you win the night. What did you pick? Uh, you pick more. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't cover the game. Um, but, I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, so we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, if you were on our Twitter feed, we did put out our picks tonight on Twitter and in the Discord channel. Uh, and yes, as you'll find out, I, I did uh, <laughs> pick, pick a winning bet, which is what it's all about, Malcolm. That's not really. Um, so yeah, it's, what we're going to do tonight is we'll have a look at the. Uh, EFL Cup quarterfinal games and just a little look at the semi-finals and the outrights for that. Um, before we go into the the ten game slate that starts um, tomorrow night with Aston Villa against Leeds on the Friday night, but um, what a week it's been for two reasons. Um, a, we did great on our picks on the um, EFL show that we did. Um, really happy with that. And then on a personal note, obviously Newcastle. Uh, got the job done against Leicester on Tuesday. Um, made it through to the semi-final of that particular tournament for the first time since the year of my birth, Baz, 1975. Um, first time in any kind of semi-final since the FA Cup 2004. And now, Baz, uh, Newcastle is 6-4 to four to win the first trophy since 1969. So, um, like I say, we try not to make this too Newcastle heavy, but... Uh, it was brilliant. I went to the game. Obviously, you're half the country away. But it was really good. I took my daughter. And after the weekend, we'd had a Sheffield Wednesday. Um, she was on thin ice because I told her she was banned if we didn't win. 
but the atmosphere was great. Newcastle were great. Um, and it was just a really uh, a lovely thing to see. Um, all the kids, a lot of kids there because the prices are, prices are good. And it was a brilliant, brilliant evening. Really enjoyed it, Baz. Um, what did you uh, think of the game? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a frustrating one to start with, wasn't it? I mean, we came absolutely flying out the blocks as we did in the Boxing Day game against Leicester and should have been two or three ahead really early on. And when you get a half-time nil-nil, you just think, oh, let's hope it's not going to be one of those games where we just get chance after chance and they pop up the other end and, and not one in. Uh, but we got it, got off the mark early in the second half, didn't we? And once we got ahead, we never looked like losing it, really. Um, it was very, very similar to, to the Leicester game on Boxing Day. Um, yeah. We just got ahead, stayed ahead, and and comfortable, wasn't it? It could have been a lot more. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, really good result. Um, I'll, I'll make every effort to try and get up for the semi final. Already looking at trains and hotels in London for the. Oh, don't oh, you see? I didn't know whether to bring this up because people on Twitter, all my mates, I've had obviously the phone calls and the WhatsApps today, Simmers and people like that, and I just said, just fucking don't jinx it. Don't don't even mention it. We'll cross that bridge when I come with it. I'm sure we can find something. You can you can be creative about these things. You can find an Airbnb. and B. You can do something. Um, people, there's been like people at uh, bloke at Simmons work spent seventeen hundred quid on hotels today, like for him and his three mates, four of them seventeen hundred subs, like un- incredible. Um, but that's just absolutely asking for trouble. Um, I say we've, we've, I've said this a few times, so I need to change my mentality about Newcastle because I'm still in the old mindset. Um, I really wanted to text a couple of my Man United mates today and take the piss out of uh, Vout Veghorst. But I knew if I'd done that, Vout Veghorst's going to score in the 87th minute in that cup final and they're going to beat with 1-0. So I can't yeah. text about Vout Veghorst. Vout Veghorst's name shall not be mentioned again on this show until he hasn't scored in the 87th minute against me. So all of that shit now, we're on very thin ice pass. So that's a bad start you were. Uh, you mentioned in that. Uh, Newcastle did win comfortably 2 0. I took the under two and a half um, at minus 105, uh, 18 to 19. I thought I was quite lucky, really, um, to cash this because Newcastle could have scored a dozen. And then uh, oh, Jimmy Vardy missed an absolute sitter um, in, in one of the few, few occasions Leicester got forward. Um, as a little aside, Betty absolutely loved the. Um, your lass is a grass song. That really made her night. That was right up her street. So we're, she's like a teenage girl. She's 13 on Wednesday. Um, for a football song to be right in the heartland of teenage girl panic, that was in there. Like So she really, really enjoyed that. Um, and it also reassured me, as much as it was an important evening for that cup, just how good we are. Um, because not that there was a wobble, but we... The nil-nil were leads, and we lost at Chef Wed, and you're just thinking, oh, they're going to start um, blowing up a little bit. But I thought we were absolutely outstanding. Like, see, very, very light Leicester City team. Um, they haven't got much at all. They're not even missing that much. Like, Madison's obviously the key one, but um, the team they're rolling out there is pretty pretty disappointing. Baz, what was your bet on this one? I took Newcastle to win and tagged on the under 3.5 goals. So yeah. I thought it was a really, really good bet. That, you know, Newcastle were 1-2 to, to win the game and you were getting 13 to 10 plus 130 if you tagged on that under 3.5. Um, as you say, again, maybe it's a bit lucky because Newcastle could have had 4 <laughs> yeah. five. But it could have been 3-1. Like, you know, Half-time, half it, it would we were looking like we would go on and win it. Uh, you weren't expecting four in the second half. And, and as I say, cruised in in the end. So a really, really good start of the week. And uh, your shirt up above your uh, right shoulder there, Baz, is uh, yeah. BDB. 
Big Dan Byrne there, Geordie lad, scoring his first goal for the tune in front of the Gallagher, ghosting into the box like Messi he was and took it away <laughs> with his right foot. Um, yeah, good good finish, good moment. Everyone's pleased for it. You're always happy to see yeah. a local lad come good like that uh, in such a big game as well. There's, there's no one else who would like to see, like, like to see get that goal to get us ahead. He, he was absolutely buzzing with it, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big Dan Byrne rightly on the wall behind me now, yeah. Uh, possibly the worst song I've ever heard is the Big Dan Burn song, and yeah. obviously it's been stuck right in my head since well <laughs> since Tuesday. Yeah. I haven't stopped singing it all like forty eight hours, however many hours we are on now. Um, I have not stopped singing um, that song. Uh, there's been I don't know which song it is. A lot of people think it's Pretty Green Eyes, but it's no, not, is it? Not, What's it? Not. it? Do you know what it is, though? I'll tell you in a second. Because it's like, you'll never ever be alone, isn't it? They're pretty green eyes. Like That bit's the same. Pretty green eyes, but it's like a different refrain after. Anyway, it's it's awful. Yeah, never, never ever be alone. I can't remember (laughs) who it is now. I know know the song. I can't remember, um, I can't remember who it's by. Um, yeah, because we're making Betty wrong. There's a lot of people think it's pretty green eyes, like, but it's not. There is no, another sort of 90s dance dance track. Um, Manchester United 3, Charlton 0. Um, Manchester United to 0 was my pick, 5 to 6, minus 120. It's turned into a bit of a cash cow, that particular pick, Man United to 0. They've taken advantage of a nice run of uh, home fixtures. Um, we'll learn more about them this weekend, but... Uh, saw a few highlights. Charlton had a few bits and bobs, but this just... Um, we, we've we've picked this a few times past, and there's no reason not to pick it again. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't go with it. I, I said I really really liked your your pick on that one. Um, I went with the half time Asian handicap, and I looked at it. I just found everything was a little bit short. And actually, I was a bit surprised when I see what price he got for the winter nil. Um, so I did like that, but I went with. Uh, Half-time Man United Asian handicap to be minus one. So that was a push. Money back. Nothing lost there. Uh, one nil at, at half-time. So, yeah. Two games in, one winner, one push. Not a bad start Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Wednesday. Nottingham Forest, uh, one Wolves, one. Forest win on penalties. I actually, I thought I'd taken the drawbars. I messaged you, giving myself a little uh, lap of honour. I actually took both teams to score, turns out. So, still a winner, but... Um, nine to ten minus one eleven. I'd given out the draw one one at five to one, um, and just missed out on the jackpot because I gave out wolves to win on penalties at nine to one. Actually went the other way, but yeah, that made it three for three for me. And it was always going to be tight. It was a you couldn't split them on the books, and that's the way that's the way it panned out, but Yeah, I think we handicapped that one really well, didn't we? We both took the both teams to score. As you say, you you'd put down that we thought would be sort of tight tight game put the draw out there and, and the 1-1 was mentioned so uh, yeah we, we sort of pushed people right in all of the right angles on that game very good um, so yeah 3-3 three for three. the one that we lost on and I have never been happy to lose a bet because this was part of the uh, part of the thing that made the week so good for us as Newcastle supporters was uh, Southampton 2 Manchester City nil. obviously Manchester City were by far the biggest stumbling block Um in the way of Newcastle advancing further in this tournament. Um, Southampton were 11-1 to on the money line to win this game and won it really, really comfortably. I mean, even when they went 2-0 up, I took over three and a half goals, which was a loser. So when Southampton went 2-0 up, I thought either Newcastle are going to get a dream result or I'm going to win my bet because City are going to get it back. 
to 2-2 and there's going to be over three and a half goals. This was an absolutely massive shock. Um, Southampton out of nowhere, lost six in the league, uh, did get a win at Palace in the Cup. But yeah, there were really good value for this. Um, just, just demonstrated for me a couple of things. Obviously, we talked about how many changes, for example, Newcastle made at the big end and how it had cost them. And even a team like Manchester City, um, they rolled out Calvin Phillips. He's got Joe Cancelo playing um, out of position. Kyle Walker playing at centre-back. Um, there's this... So making changes at whatever level, if those players aren't on it, you're going to be vulnerable. And then the second thing is this. This Pep seems to have a need to do something for people to see him doing something stupid or maverick. He wants to prove himself a genius by playing Joe Cancelo on the right wing, by playing Kyle Walker at centre-back, by doing so. Just do what they're there to be done. Um, Manchester City didn't have a shot on goal the entire game. I can't believe I didn't play a DFS lineup because this was right in my wheelhouse. Absolutely in my... I would have won a fortune last night. Uh, shit team goalie, clean sheet and win. That's that's my MO. Didn't do it last night. Would have won a fortune. Didn't play at all. Um, but yeah, hats off to Southampton. The second goal was great. The goalkeeper, don't know what he's doing. That's another another change that they, that they made. And it cost you. It absolutely cost you. Uh, so yeah, Southampton 2, City nil. We lost the bets, Baz, but... Um, Head scratching stuff yeah. with Manchester City in in great news for Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, same for me. I, I took City in the Asian handicap. I just didn't see Southampton putting that performance in at all, or, or Man City putting in the performance they did. As you say, the score was perfectly fair. Uh, you know, City can have no arguments with the scoreline. Southampton by far the better team. Uh, even when they brought on De Bruyne half time, brought on Haaland after an hour. They never looked like they were going to score. I think they could have played all yeah. night and not not scored that game. They just and as I say, I don't know. I mean, he he gets a bit tetchy, doesn't he, when the press mention him and his crazy, stupid ideas. Uh, he's already talking about it ahead of Saturday, isn't he? Saying he's got a crazy plan for for the. Oh, right, okay. I think that's a bit of a dig at the press for for the. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gets, gets accused of overthinking things, doesn't he? But with the defence in particular, I just don't know what what his game is at the moment. I mean, last season when they were flying. Kyle Walker plays right back, Cancelo left back, Diaz and Stones was your centre half. So if one of them needs to come out, you bring in Laporte. Dead simple, just played that all all the time, didn't he? Um, this year, it, it, could you name what his defence is going to be this weekend? Could you decide name what defence? You've never got a clue what 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 he's going to put out because he's got Lewis coming in now, Ake, Akanji, uh, yeah. Laporte, Stones. They're just all. From one week to the next, you've no idea what he's going to play. And I think defensively, you need that bit of consistency, don't you? I mean, Newcastle have shown it, haven't we? We, we have that same back four every week and we keep a clean sheet every week. And then you, you mix it up <laughs> last week against Chef Wed and, you know, conceded two goals. It, I just think it, you need that consistency in uh, in your defensive positions. Um, but yeah. Didn't see it coming, but we'll we'll, we'll take it because it opens that cup yeah. competition right up now, doesn't it? Yeah, I was um so yeah, I was happy to go three three for four uh over the two nights, happy with that, sort of double your money. Um take that every time. The one other player I, I wasn't gonna mention, uh, but I will because we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago was just Jack Grealish again. And I'm sure there'll be a YouTube video, some smart or somewhere showing you how tactically brilliant it is. But I'll just do something else. Cost a hundred million pounds. 
get the ball, roll it under your foot twice and give it back to the bloke who gave it to you. And at 54 minutes in that game, that wasn't good enough, but he was never, ever, ever going to do anything different. And I don't care about your tactical YouTube videos. Go and get the game by the scuff of the neck. Go and beat a man, drop the shoulder, drive. like, And it's just bollocks. Like seven goals and seven assists. Rightly being fine for... Uh, for Miguel Almiron, Sean Longstaff. If you've paid 100 million quid for Jack Grealish, you've got to go and do something different, Bass. Like, it's absolutely dog shit. He gets on my wick. Um, the last time I said that, he came out and did a load of stuff about 10 minutes later, didn't he? Um, yeah, well, I just first half a game on it and then he yeah. set up two goals in the second half. But <clears throat> the Leeds I game. Say, I think they've expected more from him for what they've paid, haven't they? But... And he, yeah, and say 54 minutes he went off. Plus, he, they interviewed him last week and he said, it's really difficult to learn all the stuff. And then Guardiola came out and said, I don't know what you're talking about. It's dead easy and he knows all the stuff. So there's something kind of off there. Like, um, In terms of the tournament uh, going forward, the draw paired Manchester United with Nottingham Forest and uh, Southampton take on Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, it's a real split now in terms of the outs. Manchester United are the five to six favourites, Newcastle six to four, uh, Southampton 11 to one, Forest 14 to one. Looks just about fair. I wouldn't have said although I see it ever so slightly biased, that there's an awful lot between Manchester United and Newcastle United on the form of the game at Old Trafford early in the season, which finished nil-nil. Um, Man United, that, there's probably A, a little bit of name recognition in there, and B, just looking at recent form, Manchester United keep winning. But like as I mentioned a little while ago, they have taken advantage of a, a little run of home games. I think they have maybe four out of five since the resumption. Uh, they, they had Wolves away. Snuck yeah, that I mean, one, I've, Bill. I've, I've got this down in our analysis for the weekend, and I mentioned it in the last show um, about how we've rode away from Man United, and Man United have probably been the most, most successful team since the break. From yeah. a betting perspective, we've backed the wins to nil, we've backed the handicaps, we've been back in Rashford every week. Purely on the fixtures, but if you look at the fixtures they've played, um, I'm not getting carried away with Man United's form at all, or Rashford's continuous form, because they have won games against, in the Cup, Charlton and Burnley, League One Championship. They've beat Everton. Um, but then if you look at uh, the games they've won in the Premier League, it's Nottingham Forest, it's Bournemouth, Bournemouth and Wolves. Yeah. So the four Premiership teams, Premier League teams have played are all relegation contenders there. You know, Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves and Forest will all be in a battle to stay up this season. Um and it turns a bit for them now. They've got Man City at the weekend. They've got Arsenal. Um, Palace, I think, sandwiched in between those. Um, but yeah, changes a little bit now. They've got got some tougher fixtures coming up. Uh, so yeah, I, as I say, I'll cover a little bit more when we get to their game against Man City at the weekend. Um, but yeah, fixtures do do take a little bit of a turn. Um, certainly the next couple coming up are, are, are more of a challenge for them. Yeah, so um, like I say, Man U 5-6, Newcastle 6-4, to four, double figure prices. The other two seems just about fair enough to me. Um, right, we're going to move on to the, the Premier League, which actually this, the slate of games started this evening. I'll tell you first about our headline sponsor on the Premier League Gambling Podcast, which is the WinBet, the official online sports speak of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet active in a bunch of states and tons of way to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. NFL playoffs are here starting on Saturday. Uh, great promos, odds and payouts happening right now at WinBet. 
If you're ready to play, sign up to receive a special offer. Bet $100 to get $100 limited to state availability. No to choose from, head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that Baz and me sent you there. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WYNNBET. Offer subject to change. T's and C's at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older. Present the state where play through winbet is available. If you want someone who has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge. We have teamed up with Homage or Homage. Uh, Baz, Homage or Homage for you? Homage, Hom- homage. Yeah, we'll keep yeah. it. Uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. Jory, homage for a NFL playoff challenge. The winner gets three hundred dollars cash, hundred dollar SGP and gift card, and a one hundred dollar homage gift card. Homage has a ton of cool retro and throwback, officially licensed NFL gear. Check them out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash homage. All the contest details and enter on the SGP and app and hit contest. Um, that website is absolutely mint. There's loads of really cool retro NFL stuff. Uh, I will be spending a few quid on there. Um, I went to Greg's yesterday, Baz. I'm trying still to level up everything on me Greg's app for the mother load. So, because I know you did it. So I'm up to nine on a few things, but I'm going to have to, I need to, I need to just go and buy three or four coffees. I need to get it all up there. So hopefully in the next three or four weeks, I can just smash in there and hit the big load. So I've got hit that out of the way. Yeah, good luck with that. Did you, um, last week, Baz, um, oh, by the way, thank you for, in the Discord channel, uh, I think it was Brian, we said, if anyone listened to the very end of the cheese chat, and straight away the next day, he was in with his three favourite cheeses. So we had a winner there. But when we last spoke to you, Baz, you left pondering um, what you wanted everything to taste of for the rest of your life. Um, I'd gone with chicken skin, I still haven't decided, actually. Chicken skin slash Stilton. I think I'm going to have to go with a chicken skin. I'm going to have to take, because the early morning Stilton orange juice. Are you going to explain this again for anyone that didn't listen to the last episode, Malcolm? What we said was, I don't know what the fuck we were talking about, why we were talking about this. Um, so you can eat anything you want. You can carry on eating anything you like. However, it all tastes the same, but you can choose what it tastes of. So I was told between chicken skin and blue cheese, but I just thought, like, you come down in the morning, pour a glass of orange juice, like, that would be a bit much tasting a blue cheese like that. You know, the first couple of hours of the day, I think anything post 11 a.m., I'd be all right. But that early, the first few hours had me worried. But I think I've got to handle the chicken skin-flavoured orange juice early on. So I'm going to stick with chicken skin. Chicken um, right. I've struggled with this. We had a bit of a chat at home about this. So oh, did you? Family Little family meeting. Dinner table, yeah. Nice. Um, kids were really, really decisive straight in. The little one, eight-year-old, she, she wants a butter chicken, butter chicken curry. Yeah. All day, every day, she was fine with that. I was like, You're right not going to get a bit sick of curry. And she said exactly what you said last time. Well, I'm not eating curry every day, am I? It just yeah. tastes curry. Um, so, fair enough. <laughs> Chloe um, said pizza and specifically school canteen pizza, um, school which was canteen a little bit disappointing. Pizza. Because I've got a pizza oven in the garden and I make... Really yeah, that is disappointing. Pizzas. So I was a little bit disappointed with that answer. School canteen pizza can't be that good, surely. Yeah, because they're um, throwing out like 19 pence shit pizzas at your daughter and she prefers them to your gourmet stuff. Shocking. Uh, I asked Helen uh, and she's just not prepared to live this life. Um, okay, she won't entertain it now. Uh, uh, this hypothetical world that we've created where everything tastes of one thing that you've chosen, she can't yeah. live that. She, I think she'd rather die. Um, Fair enough. 
she's she's not having it. She just get bored. She, she gets bored easily with food and stuff like that. Like. Whereas I'm, I can. Does she I can, know what's actually going to happen? Meal and I can, I can, I can stick with something for quite a while if I'm on it. But uh, I've gone with beef, like a nice steak or something. It's, <laughs> I've struggled. <laughs> it's, 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 just fucking beef. It's got to be. Too, it can't be too strong, can it? Because you're gonna get. I did think of something like Chinese, like a chow mein or something. Someone with a bit of umami in it, you know, where you're gonna get. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, plenty of sort of uh, things to get your taste buds going. But then I think you might get a bit sick of, of your taste buds going wild every day. Um, uh, <laughs> it's tricky, though, isn't it? You're essentially losing. It is tricky. Senses, um, so I've gone down the line of, of a steak kind of beef. And it's that's fair enough. But that's what. That's, that's why. Right. I've written, I've, um, I've written them down bars in the back of the jota here. Um, that kind of reminded me. I've always wanted, like, as a as a, a fantasy, like, be like the flavouring of beef crisps. You know, like like beef space raiders or something. Like, well, monster munch. I mean, that's a great example. The beef monster munch. Just a big bag of that flavouring that I could sit and eat with a spoon. Now I can't imagine it's very good for you. Um, and you probably wouldn't eat loads, so you might just dip your finger in once or twice a day. But I just said, whatever they put on that, because and that's not a great departure from what you're talking about there with the beef and the umar. We think, and it's not a huge departure from chicken skin either. You know, it's just that sort of salty, meaty. Salty. Yeah, you're going to be drinking right, so, a lot of water with that, aren't you? But yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not eating like I'm not eating a kilo of that every day. Like maybe just I just have a teaspoon of the old uh, beef crisp. Powder, like every couple of days, you know, be fun. Um, football, uh, this is the Premier League Gambling Podcast you're listening to. Um, game tonight, finished Fulham 2, Chelsea 1. Um, we didn't make any picks on this. We hugged a few out in the Discord. Um, I was never going to win. I liked the under two and a half, but it was far too short. I then threw out half-time draw. Um, Baz, you got even money about a three-to-one winner. Well done. Um yeah, so I picked uh, Fulham in the double chance. Fulham, win or draw. Um, I picked a winner. That's all we need to say is, is I'm yeah. winners on a regular basis. Uh, that put me three wins, one loss and one push this week. So five picks from the midweek. Uh, good little profit there. So another really solid week in terms of the picks. Uh, so, uh, a bit of an apology. We forgot to cover that game, didn't we? On the Sunday, I just didn't even know it was on. It wasn't a case I forgot. It was just we never realised it was on. I messaged you like Tuesday afternoon. So. Of course, everybody should be following us on Twitter or in the Discord channel and they would have got my picks and they would all have obviously followed me over you anyway. So... Uh, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Uh, yeah, he left 30, could be out in the counter there, Baz, just sitting in the till uh, with the bloke. Um, yeah, Fulham did well. I mean, the story's Chelsea. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on Fulham first, though. They're, I think they're four points off the Champions League places now. Um, I said I'd give them one more chance to start regressing. Otherwise, I'm going to have to start doing something different with them because I've kind of faded them. And they did look really well. I like Marco Silva as a manager. They had no Mitro tonight. Um Vinicius played up top, got, uh, got his first goal for them. Um, they were helped a great deal, however, by Chelsea. I put that bad and bad luck. Um, so firstly, the Graham Potter can't catch a break at all. I mean, that game last week against City, we saw Sterling go off in literally the first minute. Uh, we then saw Pulisic go off. Um, so they're, they're running out of players um, they signed Joe Felix which was a bit of a weird signing just another one of those forwards who's going to get pushed out of position by the presence of Mason Mount in his position like 
Timo Werner has done. They've got millions of them. Kai Havertz tonight was an absolute disgrace. My goodness, he was terrible. Um, and then Joe Felix, who looked really good in the first half, then got sent off in the second half for a high challenge. Um, so that's the end of that. So they signed him on loan, they paid 11 million quid for an 18-game stint, and he's now missing three. He gets suspended for three matches. Yeah. So that's four of the 18 games gone. So you've, you've already lost a quarter of what you've shelled out 11. Yeah, yeah, gone down the shitter. Um, I don't know. I think you were going to maybe have a look at a little bit of Sacre stuff, Baz, because Graham Potter is well and truly under pressure. I like him a lot. I think he's going to do a great job somewhere. This was a weird fit for me because this Chelsea team for years, for a generation, have been self-motivated. What I mean by that is they... Though they're one of the only clubs really who just churn their managers and it never really seemed to matter. The players have done it themselves and the players have been perfectly capable of downing tools and getting managers sacked. Going back as far as Drogba, Cesc Fabregas did it, they got Mourinho sacked. Um, in that dressing room, and even though it's a new set of players, that just seems to have continued. If they don't want yeah. to do it, they won't do it. Um, the uh, Todd Bowley, the Americans come in and he's just buying players. Oh, he's a good player. There you go, have him. But that's not how it works. Graham Potter doesn't want these players. Like they started Lewis Hall at left back tonight. They're missing Chilwell, obviously through injury. Now, if you thought Lewis Hall was a acceptable understudy for Chilwell, why are you spending sixty three million quid on Kukurea to sit on the bench tonight? It's absolutely baffling. So I don't think Potter's got anything to do with these players. Uh, Paul is just going. All right, he is a good footballer. There you go. You have him. And Felix was another one. Um, so yeah. Um, really bad. They're very disorganised. Cooler Barley looks like a League Two player, just big, clumsy defender. Um, and then, yeah, suffering incredible bad fortune as well. But, um, yeah, fair, fair play to Fulham. Um, well done for you getting in the win column, Baz. But did you did you pick up any Sacre stuff? Yeah, so I mean, first, as you say, Chelsea are a bit lucky. We had, had a bit of chat in a couple of WhatsApp groups tonight about uh, Potter and the likelihood of him going and a couple of comments about saying he should never have taken the job and I think anyone in his position at Brighton I know he'd been there for a while and he was in comfortable safe but anyone with any ambition's got to take that job in his position I think he I don't think anyone can blame him for taking the job and he has been look yeah look at the injury list tonight you've got Reese James and Chilwell two of the best fullbacks in the league he's not got them he's not had them available all season Kante, Sterling, Pulisic, Fafana, Loftus Cheek, all missing tonight. Like they, they have got a lot missing. Um, whether they'll give them the chance to to get those players back, I just don't know. Um, I did have a look. I looked earlier on actually at the, the sack race odds. This was before the game, um, and, and the odds were Lampard four to six. Uh, so that's minus one fifty. Potter was four to one plus four hundred. Moyes seven to one. Jones eights, O'Neill tens, Rogers sixteens. It's changed a little bit. So Lampard was four to six favourite before the game, and that's come out a little bit uh, to four to five. Graham Potter's now in the two to one to be the, the next manager to go. Uh, Moyes has drifted out to eight to one. Uh, O'Neill's very similar, ten to one. Jones ten to one. Brendan Rogers fourteen to one. Um, I, I think Lampard. Four to five favourite, it wouldn't be a bet I would take. Um, bit too short. I just feel like he's got a shit squad there, hasn't he? <laughs> um, and it might be that they cut him a bit more slack because of that. Everton 
what I, what I've put down here. I think Everton play Southampton and West Ham next two games, and if he can get anything out of those games, then he possibly buys himself a bit of time. If he gets nothing from those two games, he's probably toast. So it's then can he can he outlast one of the other candidates to be the next one to go? Um, I mean, obviously it's a new owner, but Chelsea historically have been trigger happy, haven't they? They're always happy to to make a change at the earliest opportunity. Uh, Chelsea fans at the weekend were singing Tuchel's name, weren't they? Um, <laughs> so it shows they they're running out of patience. So four to one, well, four to one looked all right earlier on. It's now into two to one. Um, Moyes, I think very similar to Everton. Um, two big games coming up, Wolves and Everton next two for West Ham. If they fail to win either of those, he's he's hanging by a thread. I'm not really considering Jones or, or O'Neill at the moment because I think, again, you've got to manage expectations with with, this, uh, the, with what they're working with. Uh, Rogers appeals to me 14-1. to I, I still think Leicester... Um, are in trouble. I think they need something out of this Forest game that's coming up at the weekend. After that, they play Brighton, Villa, and then they've got a horrible run of Spurs, Man United, Arsenal, three on the bounce. So he's another that might not make the end of the season. It's just whether he goes before the rest. What, any thoughts, Malcolm? Um, I think Chelsea have invested a lot in Potter, um, trying to get away from the type of club that they've been in the past, this trigger-happy club, and they paid a lot of money to get Potter there. They paid a lot of money to get his staff there, his coaching staff, and the... Um, the director of football kind of rules, the scouting rules and stuff. Uh, so and, and there's mitigating circumstances. So I, I wouldn't be tempted. The four to one maybe, certainly not the two to one. That's exactly Lam- what I was thinking. I'd, I'd wrote down at four to one. It was, it was a decent bet. I would rather take Potter at fours than than Lampard at four to six, which was what it was before tonight's games. Um, but neither of them now really at, at odds on for Lampard or two to one Potter. I don't fancy that. And if I was going to have a little dabble in that market for me, I'd, I'd go in for Brendan Rodgers at around 14 to one, 16 to one. Um, yeah, Lampard got backed. He's, he's hanging by a thread as well. Like. Lampard was backed by the Everton, uh, was it Farhad Mashiri uh, today? It doesn't really mean a lot. David Moyes is the one for me. I think if you look at the fixtures this weekend, uh, West Ham at Wolves. Uh, Everton, home to Southampton, and then Chelsea, Palace. Sort of whichever one of those gets beat, um, one of those goes down. And I don't fancy West Ham. We're going to come to that later on. Um, their their form's terrible, and uh, we've seen this a little bit before with Moyes. He just kind of he can run out of steam. So Moyes, would you say seven to one before tonight would appeal to me? But um, yeah, tricky one. Right, Baz, let's get stuck into these games. Uh, we've been rabbiting on for ages. Right, okay. So we'll start with there's a Friday night game. Uh kickoff is you just load my page up. Is it 8 p.m. on Friday night? Uh, which is how many hours? Three, five. Eight o'clock seven. Friday night, three o'clock in Eastern Time, Five hours. It's been a while, Buzz. Um yeah, eight o'clock Friday night. Um 3 p.m. Eastern time. Aston Villa against Leeds. Aston Villa are 9 to 10, minus 111. The draw is 13 to 5, plus 260. Leeds are 3 to 1 road dogs. A um, couple of signings here, one for each side of interest. Villa signed Alex Moreno, 13 million pounds from Real Betis. Uh, left back, which is a bit of a weird one. Dinier, uh, question mark now, whether or not he'll be on his, he'll be on his way. Uh, Villa went out of the cup, lost 2-1 uh, at home to Stevenage, uh, probably the biggest shock of the weekend last week. Uh, before that, they had a 1-1 home draw with Wolves. The big result recently was the 2-0 win 
at Spurs. That's kind of been the the marquee result of Unai Emery uh, so far since the resumption. Uh, and I'm still unsure as to what we're going to get with Aston Villa. Uh, lead signings being Jorginho Rutter or Ruta. Uh, French kid, thirty-five million pounds coming from Hoffenheim. I really like the look of him. He's twenty. He's got a big future. Um, he's got a fit in their style of play. Leeds have done their homework. I think they're getting the the kind of player um, that they need. They've missed Patrick Bamford. We know what he's kind of like in front of the goal. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that Rutter can hit the ground running. Um, they drew two-two with Cardiff in the cup. Um, the last league game was two-two against West Ham. Um, then before that, you have the nil-nil with Newcastle. That's very much the outlier here. Um, Villa odds on are too short for me. Um, the over two and a half is uh, four to five. I like that, minus 125. But my pick is, I think Leeds have been playing well. Um, they never take a backward step either. So they're not going to sit and sort of play for a draw under the kind of did at Newcastle, having said that. Um but yeah, Leeds at three to one is going to be my official play. Uh, but like I said, I like the over two and a half. Uh, Leeds and um, both teams to score is at a price of seven to one if you want to get really fancy. But yeah, let's start with a big road dog, Baz. Give me Leeds United. Yeah, not bad there. I, I wrote similar to you. Um, I mean, Villa, very mixed bag. One win, one draw, one loss since the break. Beaten Spurs, lost to Liverpool, drew with Wolves. There's not a lot you can sort of take from that. I mean, lost to Liverpool. They didn't play particularly badly. Uh, win against Spurs, draw, draw away to Wolves. Not a, not a bad run of form, really. Um, Leeds are without a win in, in three since the break. Um, to say, drew with West Ham and Newcastle and lost to Man City. So again, tough tough set of fixtures. Uh, Newcastle away and, and losing to City is no, no shame. I went down the goals route because with Leeds, there always seems to be goals. Six of the last seven have gone over two and a half goals for Leeds. Um, those six games would all have hit the both teams to score as well. So you're, you tagging in the both teams to score as an option appeals. Um, the cup game at the weekend followed the exact same script, 2-2 against Cardiff. So again, both teams to score and the overs comes in. Uh, Villa games are averaging 3.25 goals per game over the last eight games um, with over two and a half hitting uh, 75% of the time. Um, so I'd looked at the both teams to score and it's slightly shorter price than the overs. I think the both teams to score was around four to six here. And as you see, you can get the over 2.5 at four to five. So that was my push. I didn't have a strong lean either way between Leeds and Villa. I, I, I mean, I'd say this, this set of fixtures we've, we've looked at first weekend was one of the hardest ones we've we've had yet. I think there's a lot of these really, really evenly matched games uh, where, you know, they're neck and neck in the, in the betting. Um, just really, really tough slate. So a few, a few where I haven't really got a, a strong lean one way or the other. This was one of them. So I'll just take the overs four to five. It's got a really good strike rate for both teams in recent times. Uh, so that's the pick for me. Uh, Manchester Derby upcoming once I've told you about underdog fantasy um, underdog the season never ends right now we play the fantasy football playoff best ball the gauntlet competition he's got $1 million in prizes up for grabs they've got tons of daily NBA and NHL games on there too and if you use the promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com you'll get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks that's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN Lunchtime on Saturday is the Manchester Derby. 12.30 kickoff, uh, which is a 5.30 um, 
Eastern time kickoff between Manchester United and Manchester City. Manchester United are 16 to 5 plus 320. The draw 13 to 5 plus 260. Manchester City uh, 11 to 13 minus 117. Baz take it away. Manchester United, Manchester City. Yeah, so we covered a bit of Man United earlier on when we talked about the EFL Cup. And, and as I say, we've rode them for a few weeks now with the wins to nail the handicapped Rashford. Uh, and I think, as I say, Matt, Man, you've done me good since the break. Um, won three out of three in the league. Won six out of six in all competitions since since the break. Five clean sheets in that time. Only Everton have scored against them. So the form is good. But as I say, I think we need to take a little step back, look at who they've played in those six games and manage our expectations accordingly. Um, they have had a really, really favourable run of fixtures. And whilst that, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you and undoubtedly uh, that'll lead to confidence. Um, you know, they've got that momentum and going into the bigger games, it will put them in good stead. Um, then we want to City and I just I don't know what to say about City. I mean, we talked about them earlier on. Um, it's just hard. You just don't know what you're getting with them from, from one week to the next at the moment. I mean, pre-World Cup, they had that defeat against Brentford. Since the return, the beat Leeds, scraped a draw against Everton. 1-0 v Chelsea, 4-0 v Chelsea. And you think, oh, is that it? Have they hit the stride again? And then you jumped to last night where they looked absolutely awful. Um, I mean, you know, we know Ken De Bruyne will start, Hall will start, Rodri will come back in. They'll, they'll, they'll be a stronger lineup, um, But they're just a little bit unpredictable at the moment. Um, it's just... <sighs> I mean, the, the inconsistency in Man United's performance at the moment will definitely give Man United hope coming into this one. Um, however, we we don't have to go that far back before, you know, since the, the last game between these two. They've already played this season, so this is the second fixture. Uh, City won 6-3 in the first game. Um, 6-3 probably flat as Man United from that game. City were 4-0 <laughs> up at half-time. 6-1 with five minutes to go. And then when the game's dead, Martial comes on and knocks a couple of late goals in, doesn't he? And, and makes it... It doesn't make it a respectable scoreline. You've conceded six. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that it could have been any score. Man City absolutely wiped the floor with that game. Man City need to be very careful. If they slip any further behind Arsenal, I genuinely think they're going to be in big trouble in terms of reeling them back because Arsenal don't look like uh, slowing down at the moment, although they have got tough fixtures coming up. Um, so I, th- I, I think Man City need to to get back to winning ways. And what we've seen in the past is, is when City do go through a little rough patch, um, they have a habit in this stage of the season of hitting a 10, 11 game winning streak where they just blow everyone out of the way and and, and walk, walk away with it. Uh, so I think the respective forms of the teams, Man United being in good form and a little bit of uncertainty around City has led to a, a little bit more value on, on City than, than we would have got earlier in the season. So City are... I think around four to five. Um, and I'll just back City on the money line for this this game. Um, four to five Man City to win it. I do have some other leans on the game, which I'll come to later on. But um, yeah, City City to win the game, money line. Okay, City money line for Baz. Um, yeah, Man United, four match winning run, three clean sheets uh, and they've been good at home. Manchester City, not in great form at all. They hump Chelsea in the FA Cup. Uh, beat them one in the league, but actually in the first half of that game, Chelsea were by far the better team. And then you've got that one all with Everton. There's something clearly amiss with City at the minute. Um, Manchester United have given Manchester City um, a couple of shocks over the last few years. They're in a good place at the moment. You c- can't trust Man City at all. Um, 
Manchester, I'm going with the big dog again, Baz. I've taken Leeds at three to one. Tag another one on uh, Manchester United sixteen to five plus three twenty. I'll take man. You won the money line. The exact opposite. Um, so that's helpful for all the punters. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy. With, uh, I'm not never put off my picks when you go the opposite way. No, no, uh, no. But you I, I, I realised this weekend my my weekend will live or die uh, depending on how Man City get on. So I've got a couple of other things with Man City involved later on as well. Um, so yeah, it, it could be a very very uh, bad weekend if Man United do go ahead and win this one. But uh, yeah, yeah, I saw you p- punch in the air, Baz, when I took Manchester United. Then that's it, really filmed you. Um, <laughs> Under the three o'clock kickoffs, uh, ten a.m. Eastern time. The first one, which is Brighton against Liverpool. Brighton twelve to five plus two forty. The draw thirteen to five plus two sixty. Liverpool plus one ten. Uh, Eleven to ten. Uh, Brighton in great form. And uh, New Year's Eve lost to Arsenal four two, um, but they won four one at Everton, three one at Southampton. They scored five against Middlesbrough in the cup last week. Um, Liverpool spoiled their. Uh, post-World Cup revival with a very poor display uh, losing 3-1 against Brentford. Um, they're looking to survive as well in the Cup against Wolves last week, 2-2 draw. And we might see Cody Gakpo at some point. Um, this absolutely screams goals. Your instinct, when you look at it, it's just goals. Brighton's last, what, we've got eight games here. Total goals, 6-5-6, So we've got the lowest total, there's three. And that happened once. Two fours, three fives, and two sixes. Um, both teams to score it for Brighton a million games in a row. Um, the last time both teams to score missed for both of these sides, Brighton was the 18th of October. Liverpool was the 22nd of October. Um, however, the odds reflect the chances. That is short. It is one to two, uh, minus 200. Um, Three for three, Baz. Take, give me the big dog. Um, I don't know why Brighton can't be backed here at 12 to 5 plus 240. Uh, we've watched Liverpool struggle. Um, there's no reason. Uh, they're missing Van Dyke as well. Massive, massive issue with the Brentford got to them. Um, Brighton, quite a similar team. Uh, good at home. Uh, effervescent. They pass the ball around. They'll get amongst them. Um, so, yeah, third underdog for me. Um, another bit I did like, bit of a daft one. Um, because it does scream goals, is both teams to score in both halves, which is a price of plus 850, 780 to 2. 1-1, uh, half-time, 3-2, and full-time. Get in the queue, Baz. Yeah, so I mean, I went, same as you, I picked out exactly the same sort of stats. Both teams to score hitting every game for Brighton since the break. They've scored 14 goals in four games since the break, including the cup game against Borough. Um, as you say, similar with Liverpool, all both teams to score lately. Um, so I'm not going to go into it too much I think Brighton will give them a tough game another one that will uh, add to that is, is tonight there is a rumour that Darwin Nunes is injured No, um, he's a big doubt for the game now apparently he hasn't trained for the last couple of days um, so that would be a bit of a spanner in the works for them Gakpo um, straight in same as, same as you both, both teams to score it is a bit too short um, but I do think there'll be goals uh, over two and a half still a little bit low so I've gone for the Asian goal line uh, the goal line at three um, we're getting about 10 to 11 so whatever that is minus one ten or something um, <laughs> yeah that's three goals is a push uh, four or more goals in the game uh, and we're a winner um, Liverpool can't keep clean sheets at the moment Brighton similarly or you know involved in, in lots of games of goals so I'll take the Asian goal line three goals plus 
Um, that's money back. We need four goals in the game for a winner. Money back on a three-goal game. I feel like we give generational bets here, Baz. I like give out a bet for people aged 45 and over. Can you give out bets for young people? You know, all this uh, double chance in Asian money line, stuff that your dad wouldn't understand. Like, my father wants to know who's going to win. Things, things, things that'll win, though, you know. And if, if, if people, yeah, want oh, well, or, yeah. people want to put three or four of them together in a parlay, you know, listen to what I say, pick the three or four that sound best to you. And it wasn't a criticism, Baz. You're very defensive. Well, it was just an observation. I'm comfortable with my record. It speaks for itself. No one's criticising <laughs> your fucking record. It's just boring. Uh, next up, uh, three o'clock again. Everton against Southampton. Um, Everton, five to four, plus 125. Draw is nine to four, plus 225. Southampton, 23 to 10, plus 230. Baz, what you got? Uh, so that. But yeah, is is this a, the first relegation six pointer of the season? It's or, up there, yeah, it really Southampton is. Southampton Forest game possibly a couple of weeks ago, uh, but we are getting to that stage now, halfway through, where where teams like these are looking at these games as getting close to being must win games. So, two teams absolutely desperate for a win. Everton with just one point since the break. Southampton with no points since the break. But Southampton have just come away with a with back back cup wins against Premier League opposition. So they beat Palace in the FA Cup and then an outstanding result to beat City last night in the EFL Cup. So that's got to put them into a bit of a high in this game. Um, and as much as the crowd at Everton can get behind the team and be a big lift in these sort of games, they've also got the potential to make it a really, really uncomfortable for them if things start going wrong. Um, I think England Everton fans are getting to the end of the tether. Uh, and if Southampton can frustrate them or get an early goal, uh, I can see it turning toxic at Goodison Park this weekend. Um, and then a couple of angles here, really. I think if you're looking at the money line, Southampton would be my lean on the assumption that they, they kick on after those two good wins. Um, so if I was going to go one way or the other, that would be my pick. But I'm looking at goals again. Um, and Everton may not have won in four since since the break, but they have scored in every game. Uh, and Southampton have only failed to score in one of their games since the break as well. So both teams to score interests me um, at around four to five. But it, uh, I'd rather push it a little bit further. We'll go for plus money, 11 to 10, plus 110 for the over 2.5 goals in here. Uh, just because, as, as I say, both teams are scoring, despite the fact they're in poor form. Um, and it's a must-win game. I can just see it possibly opening up a little bit if someone can get on the on the score sheet early on. Uh, so, yeah, plus 110, over 2.5 goals in this one for me. Yeah, it's got a very similar look to the Everton Wolves game that we saw on Boxing Day, I think it was, uh, when Wolves nicked it late on. And because Wolves were in dire streets for a win at that point as well. I mean, Everton did okay at Old Trafford uh, in the Cup, but ultimately went down 3 1. Before that, they'd been in absolute shit show. One point in five games, uh, which remarkably was a draw at City. And they've only picked up eight points in nine home games. Uh, Southampton had a good week, like you said. Um, but they have lost six in a row in the league. This was really hard. This was the hardest game of the week for me to handicap. You can't back Everton at that price. I don't really want to back the Saints. I've copped out, Baz, and taken the draw uh, on the money line, plus 224. Um, the Everton Wolves nicked it in sort of injury time last time. Uh, that was sitting at 1-1. I can see this sitting at 1-1. Um, but with no late Southampton winner, I will take the draw. Next up... Uh, remain at 3pm kickoff. Nottingham Forest against Leicester City in East Midlands, Derby Baz, where you are. Um, Nottingham Forest are 17 to 10, plus 170 
The draw was 23 to 10, plus 230. And Leicester a 13 to 8, plus 162. Um, Forrest have done okay in the league. Um, they've built on their home form. Um, oh, sorry, the, the, the fact that they've done okay is built on their home form. Uh, 12 points from nine home games. They've got a home in v Liverpool in there, draw against Chelsea a couple of weeks ago. No real patterns in terms of both teams to score or over-unders. Um, Leicester suck hard is what I've written down here. They've lost three in a row, uh, scoring one goal. They did get a 1-0 win at Gillingham in the Cup before comprehensively getting beat 2-0 in the EFL Cup on Tuesday night. Um, for them, uh, both teams to score has only landed once in the last 10 games. That's the key stat here. Uh, Forrest aren't prolific. I think this could be 1-0 either way or possibly even a 0-0 draw. Um, both teams to score is actually just towards yes, um, which I'm not really sure why. So I'm going to take both teams to score no, uh, even money pass plus 100. Yeah, not 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 too uh, against that that move. Uh, I mean, I've I've looked at goals market as well. Um, it's a, it's another really finely balanced fixture. I think um, you know Leicester's form hasn't been great, and they've looked really really poor. So we've seen them twice now in a matter of weeks. Yeah, uh, and they've looked bad. Like they've offered very little going forward. Um, they can probably count themselves lucky to have only conceded five goals in those two games against Newcastle because. Both games could have been cricket scores. Um, they did play okay against Liverpool and a little unlucky with that result. Two own goals, costing them the game. Uh, Forest are unbeaten in seven at home, but they've got a lot of draws in amongst that. Um, they beat Liverpool at home and they beat Palace in the league, Spurs in the cup. Um, but six of those seven unbeaten games all had less than 2.5 goals. Uh, there's two teams struggling for goals here. Um, so I've just went straight in for the unders. It's around four to five, under 2.5 goals. But the draw does interest me as well. As I say, they've got um, quite a few of those at home this season. Drew last night in 90 minutes against Wolves. Prior to that, drew against Forest. Um, Going a little bit further back, they, they had draws against Brentford at home and also Villa at home. Similar sort of games. I, I just think the draw at nine to four looks, looks attractive as well. Um but yeah, under under two point five. I just neither of these teams are firing. Um, I take them to to continue that. Yeah, so we're we're on the same page here. Just to dress it up different ways. Um, Baz, what have I just drawn? An otter. Oh, unlucky! It's the flag of Ghana. Oh, uh, closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's four nil to me. That is. Um, next up, stay at three o'clock, uh, ten a.m. Eastern. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Against West Ham United, West Ham are 30 to 8, plus 162. The draw is plus 230, 23 to 10. Uh, West Ham, 17 to 10, plus 170. Baz, what you got? Oh, here we go again. It's another coin toss game, isn't it? This one, man. Yep. Horrible. It's hard. Later fixtures, like Wolves with one win, one draw, one loss in the league. Back to back draws in the Cup versus Liverpool and Forest. Uh, lost on pens to Forest last night. West Ham, no win in three. Lost to Arsenal and Brentford in a draw against Wolves. Uh, but they did come back and beat Brentford at the weekend in the in the Cup. I've wrote down here, I'd happily skip this game. It's a horrible one. <laughs> and I've really, really struggled to, to, to find anything. Um, so I've just gone with a slight lean towards West Ham. The two defeats have come against Arsenal, um, who, who are in great form. And a Brentford team, who, who also are, are in really good form since the break. Um, so... 
slightly easier fixture. Wolves aren't as good as either of those two. So I'm going to lean towards West Ham getting something. I'll take them on the draw no bet market uh, at around 10 to 11. So money back if it's a draw. Uh, 10 to 11 West Ham, draw no bet. Draw no bets. 10 to 11, right in that down, another one, just, another one with a little bit of uh, insurance in there, just to, <laughs> just to wind you up a bit. Oh, I'm going to get you some big boy pants for your birthday, Baz. It's a good contrast, you know what I mean? You can it is a good contrast, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, not much green on either team's form chart. Yeah, when you looked at it, there was all red and orange. It was all draws and defeats. Um, Wolves still sitting in 19th. One, one draw, one lost one since the restart. Did okay against Man United in the league, lost 1-0. Did okay against Liverpool in the Cup. Still all low scoring. Obviously, you can put a line through that too, too. Just kind of a shadow team. Um, West Ham look a bit broken to me. Not one since the 24th of October against Bournemouth. Uh, drew 2-2 last week, a game I watched. Um, and uh, Leeds were the better team. Like, Leeds were very, very unlucky not to not to win that game late doors. And actually, West Ham were quite fortunate to be at 2-2 because um, they barely made any chances, really. They scored from the only two shots they had. Um, Jimenez scored the other night for Wolves. Is he getting back to a bit of form? Uh, Cunha looked sharp as well. I have to take on West Ham, Baz. This is the second one where we're coming down on exactly opposite <laughs> sides. Um, I'm hoping, assuming Lopetegui continues to improve Wolves. You've got to remember he's kind of four or five games into his tenure now and showing the green shoots of recovery. Wolves on the money line for me, 13 to 8, plus 165, uh, plus 162, sorry. Uh, next, we'll go to the tea time kickoff, 5.30. I don't know who's put this on telly. Uh, Brentford against Bournemouth. Uh, it's a 12.30 Eastern time. Kickoff where Brentford are 11 to 17, minus 153. The draw is 3 to 1. Bournemouth are 17 to 4. Big Dogs plus 425. Uh, Brentford up to ninth, unbeaten in six. Um, great at home, 16 points from nine games. In terms of trends, both teams to score has cashed five out of the last six games. Uh, Bournemouth is struggling. They've lost three in a row without scoring since the resumption. Um, Brentford always give you a chance, however, um, and Bournemouth have to score a goal at some point. They're not going to not score forever. Um, Brentford, like I say, both teams to score five from six. I think we can carry on that trend. Uh, fairly simple. Four to five, Baz, both teams to score. Minus 120, that will be my pick. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a game I've got a bit stronger feelings. I've been quite high on Brentford since the break and done really well from them. Uh, I've done really well opposing Bournemouth in the same period. So Brentford will win for Liverpool and West Ham and a draw against Spurs where they should really have seen that game out. They'll be disappointed not to have won, won all three of these games. As you say, Bournemouth five defeats in a row. They've not scored a single goal since the break in the league. That is at least got a couple against Burnley at the weekend, but still conceded four against Burnley in the FA Cup. They've conceded at least two in, in the last four games. Um, I'm going to stick with the form here, taking Brentford at 13 to 20 is a short price. I'm not putting that as my pick, but at 13 to 20, I'd stick them in any of my parlays this week. I think Brentford will win this one. Uh, the pick I've gone for for this game is, is Brentford on the Asian handicap, minus one. Uh, so we're looking for Brentford to win by two with our money back if they win by one. Uh, anything worse than that, it's a loser. That's at plus 105, 21 to 20. 21 20. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll head over to Sunday um, where the uh, 
first of two two pm kickoffs, which is da, 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 eleven. No, what time's that? Nine am, maybe. Uh, Nine am Eastern time kickoff between Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Chelsea eleven to eighteen minus one sixty three. The draw is three to one. Crystal Palace are seventeen to four. Plus four twenty-five. We've just seen Chelsea tonight. Barry, can they um, dig themselves out of a hole in this one? Um, probably not. Uh, again, yeah. it's another tricky one, um, and it's made even harder to, after tonight's result, really, because um, you really struggle to have any confidence in Chelsea against anyone at the moment. Uh, I mean, prior to the break, let's not forget they lost four on the bounce in domestic games before the uh, the World Cup. Since the break. Come back, be Bournemouth, who look in a world of trouble. So no, uh, you know, you don't take too much out of out of that one. Fail to beat Forest, back to back defeats against City, and, and you know you're not going to hammer anyone for losing to Manchester City. Um, but then they go and you know lose again tonight against against Fulham. Uh, there's no good way to spin their current form. They're in trouble. Um, as you say, I think he's lost the dressing room. Players don't look like they're playing for him. Um, and I think they'll be really, really um, up against it again. Palace are, are, are really inconsistent. I said before the Spurs game last week, I didn't fancy Palace at all, um, despite the fact Spurs weren't playing well. Palace have had a mixed bag of results, and although they keep picking up results to keep them ticking over, them results, the wins are all coming against bottom sort of half teams. Um, yeah. And they haven't faced the top six or seven side for months. Uh, and I said before the Spurs game, the up- upcoming run looked looked awful for them. And it's got a bit worse now, actually, because they've had a rescheduled game against Man U squeezed into the next few weeks. So they they had Spurs last week, Chelsea this week, and then it's Man U, Newcastle, Man U again, uh, Brighton, Brentford, Liverpool. Really, really tough tough run of games for Crystal Palace coming up. Um, I mean, you know, as I say, I opposed them in that Spurs game. They went and got beat 4-0. Followed that up with a home defeat to Southampton in the Cup. So, <laughs> I'd put I had a slight lean towards Chelsea, but I did write these notes down before this evening. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but at the same time, Chelsea looked a bit short. 8-13, I wouldn't be having any of that. Uh, so, I there, so looking at the goals market, uh, and I think it'll be low scoring. Palace gave, I was looking at the both teams to score market. And, and the no side of that, so so one of the teams to keep a clean sheet in the game, uh, that would have landed in six of the last seven for Palace games. Uh, Chelsea games have gone both teams to score no. I've put three out of four games since the World Cup, uh, but we have to caveat that because tonight's game is, is uh, was of both teams to score. Before the World Cup, again, uh, the last three games before the World Cup, there was a clean sheet in each of those games. Three games before the World Cup were both teams to score no. So, I'm going to back this to be a low-scoring game. One of these teams will keep a clean sheet, and that will be both teams to score no at four to five. Um, I made the exact same notes, but as all the both teams to score no, that is, I mean, I'm just repeating what you've said here. Uh, my pick um, was the same but different to the under two and a half um, yeah. at four to five minus twenty. Um, just in case, Chelsea, Chelsea one nil is my. Is what's going to happen here. Um, it's going to be horrible. I mean, Felix got sent off. Uh, we didn't mention that Dennis Sakari went off injured as well. So, uh, But Palace did get humped off Spurs, recently lost to Southampton in the Cup. Um, Chelsea might just spawn a 1-0 here, but um, the under two and a half looks, it looks a knocking bet. So, yeah, I'll, uh, same, same cat, but skinned in a different way. Um, second 2pm kickoff on Sunday is Newcastle against Fulham. Newcastle 1-2, minus 200. 
Uh, the draw is at Burlington Bertie, 100-30, plus 3.33. Fulham are 11-2, uh, plus 5.50. 9-2, sorry, uh, plus 5.50. Um, this is the form game, really. Uh, second versus fourth in the form table over the last eight games. Um, Newcastle have drawn the last two in the league, nil-nil. Uh, went out with the cup at Sheffield, went through in the cup against Leicester. They had won six in a row before those two nil-nil draws. Um, averaging 2.11 points per game at home. Fulham have won four in a row now uh, since the restart. And they've picked up 13 points on the road as well, which isn't bad. This to me, Baz, is an eye test. This is a good handicap. Um I sat at St. James's Park on Tuesday night. Newcastle were absolutely magnificent from the start. Fulham are still punching above their weight. Um, we saw this game, a very similar set up against Leeds. I would have said this was a similar game. Newcastle, Leeds, Newcastle, Fulham. Um, and Newcastle were very, very unlucky not to get ahead early. If they had done that, they'd have stayed ahead. Uh, they absolutely went for Leicester from the start as well. Um, made six or seven clear-cut chances in the first 20 minutes. I think they're going to get the rewards for doing the same again this weekend. Um, Newcastle half-time, full-time is 11-8 to eight plus 137, Bas. Yeah, not bad. Um, I'm not going to go over any of the stats in the form here because I'm going a little bit off-piste when we pick here. So, um, Ooh! You, you've you've got go, everything else. I'm, I'm flying into the corners market here. Uh, <laughs> I, rode, I rode the Newcastle corners early in the season with, with some success. We hit some really big figures. Um, Newcastle team corners in, the, in some of the earlier games, they've went into double figures three times this season in the league. Bear, bearing in mind that the total corners line for both teams is usually around the 10-11 mark. New, Newcastle have done that themselves several times this season. Bet came to mind after watching the last two games. Uh, versus Leicester, Newcastle had 12 corners of their own. Sheffield Wednesday, 11 corners to Newcastle. Now, the Arsenal game, where we had very little attack and threat, didn't really go for much at all. We still had five corners there. And going back to the Leeds game, nil-nil game at home, nine corners. So 37 corners in the last four games for Newcastle. The average for the season is is around the sort of six and a half mark. But at home, that goes up. It's It's closer to... Eight corners per game at home. I think it's around 7.6, 7.7. Something like that. The line for this game for Newcastle team corners is set at six and a half go- corners. Uh, it's 11 to 10 plus 110. Nice. For Newcastle to get seven corners or more. I love that bet. Uh, Newcastle be on the front foot. I like the over six and a half at that price. And if you're with a bookie that gives you the options, don't be afraid to ride it a bit higher. Take the eight corners, nine corners, 10 corners. Get up the ladder. 15 to 8 for them to be 8 corners, 3 to 1 for 9, 11 to 2 for 10 corners. Get up there. We're going to hit the 6.5 easily. Best bet of the week. Ladder. The, we love a ladder love bet, Baz. Um, love it. Yeah, it's, it's certainly part of the patterns of playing Newcastle. Use it. Trip year will dump it over the top and Almiron will just chase it and win a corner. I did that a million times. Almiron gets that byline every time, doesn't yeah. he? just loves getting down past that last man right to the byline. And, um, as I say, plays nicely. And then... You know, we're getting a lot of shots on target, aren't we? Plenty of, you know, deflections. Yeah. And they, they play for them as well because we're good at set pieces. They've got a great set piece taker and trivia. Um, they've obviously worked on them a lot as well. So they, they're, they're not shy in trying to get get them. Joe Linton and Willick will pile down that left-hand side as well. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that, Baz. Didn't, I haven't looked at corners for a couple of weeks. I'll, uh, I've been a bit been a bit playing on my money line stuff. Um, the final game of the weekend is a 4.30 kickoff. 
Um, 11.30 Eastern time between Tottenham and Arsenal, the North London derby. Tottenham, 21 to 10, plus 210. The draw, 13 to 5, plus 260. Arsenal, 6 to 5, plus 120. Uh, Barry, London derby, what you got? Uh, yeah, so another another tricky tricky game, isn't it? I think if it's at Arsenal, you, you've got a bit more of a strong lean towards Arsenal. But the records in this um, team I'll come to, in, in this game, in this fixture, I'll come to in a moment. I mean, Spurs with a mixed bag of results, haven't they? Drew v Brentford, probably lucky to come away with a point there. Lost against Villa. Uh, and then a really odd 4-0 win against Palace because it wasn't a 4-0 game yeah. at all. Came from nowhere. They weren't really that good in that game. All of the goals coming in the second half in a, in a quick quick fire 20 minutes or so and then um, yeah I mean Arsenal got back into the stride wins against West Ham and Brighton and a draw against Newcastle which I think eventually they'll look back on and, and see that as, as not a bad result given how, how strong Newcastle are at the back um, the home team have won the last seven in this fixture you have to go back to 2018 for the last away win in a North London derby Spurs have also kept a clean sheet in each of the last three home games in this fixture that said, this is a better Arsenal side than we've seen for some time. Uh, and a Spurs side that were probably less convincing than they have been for, for recent times. Um, again, we don't have to go far back to look at the last game between the two because Arsenal um, have already played the home game and ran out 3-1 winners in the reverse fixture. Um, I like to look at the goals here. Spurs have only failed to score at home once all season. Um they don't keep many clean sheets, though. Uh, only one of Spurs' last seven games has gone under 2.5 goals. Arsenal, similarly, have only failed to score once all season. That was in the game against Newcastle. Arsenal are averaging two goals every game. And I just think everything points towards goals. And I thought I'd look at it and see the over 2.5 really, really short for this game. And it's not it's around four, four to five. Um, and I just think... You know, it's... it's it just looks generous. I, I expected it to be shorter, four to five for this game, given the, the sort of goal scoring tendency of both teams, but also the defensive frailties of Spurs at the moment as well. Uh, so I'll, I'll take four to five over two point five goals. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I wrote the exact same thing down. Baz came from nowhere. Uh, Tottenham's four goals um, against Crystal Palace, exactly as you uh, pointed out. They've been underwhelmingly before that. They have won six of nine at home. Uh, presumably Arsenal is still whinging that uh, Newcastle didn't let them win a couple of weeks ago uh, they'd won five in a row before that seven uh, wins and a draw out of nine away games five points clear of City could be down to two by the time this game uh, kicks off Spurs really really want to stop them obviously uh, big bitter North London rivalry here um, I've got one more dog in me Baz Tottenham plus 210 on the money line uh, I'm rolling out all the big dogs this week I say the um, form in this game leads that way. The home home team's got the edge yeah. every single time, um, and a derby game's got a habit of, of being a leveller in these sort of things, hasn't it? So, if Arsenal were going to drop points in any game, that you know, and players like Son and Kane, you know, they've got some top class players can go and uh, go go and cause Arsenal some problems. So yeah, I'm going to take a fourth a fourth big dog of the day. Um, Tottenham plus two ten. Um, Baz, have you got any mad for us? 
Of course, I've got a little bit of everything, yeah. Uh, so my underdog, my uh, scorer, uh, and my poorly. The underdog picks, remember, have gone three for three. Um, I've yes. struggled a little bit with this one this week. I, I've, I've got I've, fucking loads, Baz. Do you want to borrow one? I know you have, but I can't pick, I can't pick one. Uh, so <sighs> I've gone a little bit rogue on the underdog, you'll, you'll see in a moment. The scorer mm-hmm. picks have also gone three for three. And the Paulias are in profit. We've hit one at plus 600, and the other two fell short by one goal, really a whisker away. That Leon Daly miss for Villas. <laughs> um, but anyway, I've got a bit different with the underdog this week. It's not a money line bet this week. And I said before, my weekend is going to live or die on this Man City Man United game. I think Man yeah. City are going to be good. And I've got my Man City team goals over 2.5 at 5 wow. to 2 is my underdog pick of this week. You won't like that. Um, but yeah, 4, five four three, 3 Man, you be all right. Yeah, so Man City team goals over 2.5 at 5 to 2 is my underdog pick. Um, as I say, Man, Man you are keeping clean sheets on there, but they've not really been tested since the break, and I think City will get a, a decent win in this one, is, is my my thinking. Um, on the scorers, there's a few standout this week. I, I'll be main, main play on the scorers. It's not, not as big as the other ones have been where we're looking at close at the 2 to 1. Ivan Tony, I really fancy Brentford against Bournemouth. Ivan Tony's coming back in from suspension. Uh, he scored in both his starts since the World Cup. Also scored against scored against Man City before the World Cup. He's on the set pieces. Uh, I think Brentford get a few goals here. And Tony at six to five to score any time. Ivan Tony is definitely worth a punt. He's probably on that himself as well. Um, <laughs> Holland again uh, is you know so so my player for my scorer this week to, to is Tony. But two others that I like: Holland at ten to eleven. It's not very often you're getting Holland at close to even money to score any time. He's usually close at the one to two mark. I think people are overestimating this Man United form. I think Man City um, win and Haaland 10 to 11. But also if, if Darwin Nunes is out and Salah's playing through the middle possibly for Liverpool, 8 to 5 for Salah in that game as well was one that appealed. But my pick is Tony, uh, 6 to 5. Um, and finally, my parlay. Uh, I've gone with the Bulls parlay once again. Um it's team goals, and again, I'm relying on Man City. This time, Man City, Liverpool and Brentford all to score two or more goals. It's just over 4-1. to one. It's about plus 4.20. Uh, Man City, Liverpool and Brentford on the goals. Team goals over 1.5. That's the parlay for this week. I love those bars, like a little bit of invention. Um, I've sent it a, just a mad one around all these underdogs, Um I know over in the state, it's not a bit like we play a lot of lucky 15s and stuff, um, more sort of culturally in this country, our American punters. I know you can get a round robin on, though. I've heard you, a lot of people get the NFL round robins on. So take, I'm talking round robins here, doubles and trebles, even if you want to go that way on Leeds, three to one, Manchester United, 16 to five, and Brighton, 12 to five. If you do want to throw a fourth one in and go for a, um, a lucky 15 or a, a Yankee kind of thing. Spurs at 21 to 10 would be my fourth fourth one there. Uh, the trebles uh, pay around about 50 to 1. That's Leeds, Manu and Brighton. And the doubles range between 12 and 16 to 1. Uh, so yeah, a few pizza bets on, on all my outsiders bars and we'll watch them all come in. I feel like I missed the boat on Fulham tonight because they've kind of fitted into my remit of everything I've done. And now, like the gambler's fallacy, tells you that because Fulham or tells me sorry uh, because Fulham won now all of the rest are going to fucking not go in because I missed out on one but I'll stick to my guns Baz uh, we'll get a big weekend of underdogs um, we've chatted for ages there Baz um, anything we need to tell the people before we go 
No, I think they've probably heard enough from us for now. Um, I think they probably have. We'll catch up with the people again on Sunday. We'll catch up with the people on Sunday. Don't We've got midweek games. Review, follow us on Twitter. Retweets, likes, five-star reviews, all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put that at the beginning where people were still listening, but then we forgot. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's me. It's me, you and Brian at this point. Um, right. Thanks, Baz. Appreciate it. I'll speak to you on uh, Sunday evening. Good luck with all your picks, everybody. Uh, appreciate your support. Until next time, uh, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. Thank you.